Are you ready to receive the Word of God today? I want to deliver a message to you for the next 20 minutes, um, 30, 40, an hour, whatever, no, it won't be long, uh, Jesus is the way to the Father. Now, it is possible that I will say some things today that will challenge some of your doctrinal beliefs, but you just need to hear me through to know that I'm not challenging doctrinal beliefs, but hear me out. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we all know that part of that passage of Scripture, but he goes on to say, in context, no one comes to the Father except through me. And if you read that together in context, he's saying, I'm the way to the Father. I am the truth about the Father. I am the life of the Father. He comes to lead us to the Father. Now, many of us know God as our Father. Uh, we have probably said the Lord's Prayer since childhood, so we know it's our Father who art in heaven. And so we know God as our Father. And of course, we all know that Jesus is our Savior. He is the Messiah. But I wonder how many of us actually know that Jesus is the way to the Father. You see, this is where I'll make a challenging statement. Jesus is the way, but the Father is the destination. Let me say that again. Jesus is the way, but the Father is the destination. Have you ever uh, heard somebody praying and they'll, uh, instead of saying Father God, they'll say Daddy God or Papa God. Anybody in the house ever heard anybody praying and they'll say Papa God? And I don't know, have you ever wondered why or have you ever thought inside, well, that's kind of unusual. Why would they call him Papa? Why would they say Daddy God? Is there anybody else other than me that sometimes go, well, that's really unusual? Huh? In fact, you probably think, well, that person might be a little flaky. I don't know. You know? Romans chapter 8, verses 15 and 16 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Abba is a, is a Hebrew word which means father in English. But in the Greek context, as well as the Hebrew context, it goes deeper than just the word father because it's a more endearing term based on relationship. And it's very much a word that is more like the word daddy or the word papa. And I wonder how many of us see God in this light. See, this becomes the challenge because none of us have a hard time necessarily seeing God as God. And many of us don't have a hard time seeing God as Father, but some of us have a hard time addressing God as Papa. I see, I see heads all over the place going like this. So I wonder, do you see Him as God? You know, this, by the way, that's spelled G-A-W-D, not G-O-D. Or do you view Him as Father? Sure, I wonder how many of you see him as well as Papa and Daddy here on earth. And that's part of the challenge. I would, I would suppose that there probably are 
many of us, if not just some of us, who have not spoken to Father God as, and said, Papa God or Daddy God, because it feels unusual. So I am the father to Emily, and I'm the father to Erica. I don't remember the last time either one of them said, Father, <laughs> might I come over with the little children to the swimming pool this afternoon, dear Father? Father Rick? No, they call me Dad, or sometimes Daddy. Why? Because of an intimacy and a depth of relationship. They can call me Daddy. I, have, I am a grandfather to all of my grandchildren. Hallelujah. <laughs> all nine of them. And I don't think I've ever had any of them say, Grandfather, might I have a hot dog? No, they call me Papa. Well, why wouldn't they call me grandfather? Why do they call me Papa instead of grandfather? Because there's an intimacy of relationship where they don't have to use an official title. They can call me by a term of endearment, Papa. And a term of endearment based on relationship, a relationship based on trust, Come on, y'all. So why can't we call Father God? Why do we have to use the official verbiage? And Father, might I have my healing today? Instead of Papa, I'm sick. I need your help and I need your healing, Daddy God. Might that be based on an intimacy of relationship? Might that relationship be based on some trust? Hmm. First John chapter, uh, well, let me, I wrote this down about the image. The imagery of Father might be this. Father, and there's nothing wrong with calling Father God Father, right? Because Jesus said, when you pray, pray in this manner, our Father, Father. But you know what Papa is? Papa and Daddy isn't this. Papa and Daddy is this. I'm going to challenge a whole bunch of you to go home today and start calling on Papa God, on Daddy God, which is more like this. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Did you know you're a child of God? You're not just one of His creation. You are a child of God. Let me read, excuse me, that same passage of Scripture from the Passion Translation. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that He has lavished on us. He has called us and made us His very own beloved children. Uh, if you're a child of God, would you raise your hand, please? Excellent, excellent. That's an official term. You know what the term of endearment and trust in relationship is? Beloved you're his beloved children. He, he's not just our father. He is, but he's not just our father. He is also Papa God. 
And it is not a disrespect to the title of God to call him Papa or to call him Daddy. It just feels unusual. It feels different. So let me ask you a question this morning. Is your relationship with Father God comfortable enough, deep enough, to call him Papa or to call him Daddy? I hope so, because if not, maybe we need to analyze that a little bit. I believe that the church, now this is where you're going to go, what is, what is he saying? I believe that the church has inadvertently made Jesus the end and the destination. He's not the end, and he's not the destination of our heavenly relationship. He is the way to our heavenly relationship. Jesus is the way. The Father is the destination. Now listen, I understand that Jesus is God. I get that. God exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and, it, and we all know it as the Trinity in one. So we honor and we worship Jesus less, just like we do the Father. The point is that I'm making is that many of us have made Jesus the end rather than the way to the end. Now think about this perspective for a moment. A lot, not all. In fact, we sang a song this morning, he's a good, good father, but a lot of worship songs uh, don't, you know, they speak a great deal about Jesus, but they don't necessarily always speak a great deal about the father. Many of our conversations can be conversations as Christians around the idea and the concept and the reality of Jesus Christ, but not many conversations are about Daddy God or about Papa God. And in fact, if you were in a conversation with someone who called him Papa or Daddy, you'd go, oh, it's a weird person. <laughs> Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except, except through me. Jesus is saying, I am the way to the Father. He is the door to the Father. He is the truth that leads us to the Father. Many of us have made Jesus the destination. When he himself said, I am the way to the Father. Now don't hear me wrong. I understand that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords and that Jesus Christ is King of Kings. I understand and absolutely believe that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I understand that Father God gave the Son, Jesus Christ, all power and all authority. I'm not coming against any of that, but we've stopped short of our relationship when our entire focus is on Jesus, because he didn't come to shine light on himself. He came to reveal to us the Father. Just kind of loving the silence for a moment. All that being said, we have to remember that Jesus is the way to the relationship with the Father. You don't have a relationship with the Father without Jesus. Uh, you see, here's where I'm saying many of us have made Jesus the end instead of the way because Jesus is the way, the destination is the Father. Jesus came to make sure that we could have a relationship with the Father. Why did he die on the cross? He didn't die on the cross just to save you from your sins. He, can't, he died on the cross to restore, help you restore a relationship with the Father. It's one of the reasons he hung on the cross for you and shed his blood. 
to help restore a relationship with the Father. He came to reveal to all mankind, hey, y'all, this is what the love of the Father looks like. When you look at me, you should see the Father because this is what he looks like. He came to show the people what the Father was like. Why? So they could enter into a deep relationship with the Father, with Papa God, with Daddy God. Jesus came to earth because why? The Father sent him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It wasn't like one day up in heaven Jesus said, you know what, Daddy? I think I ought to go to earth and die for the sins of mankind. No, the Father made a decision. You know what, son? It's time for you to go to earth to restore a relationship with my people and me. See, that's the purpose of it all. The origin of what we do as Christians is because of the Father. You see, we not only need to look to Jesus. Yes, we do. Yes, amen. But we need to look beyond Jesus to the destination who is God, who has become our Father, who when we have that trusting, deep, intimate relationship with Him, we can actually call Him Papa and Daddy. Now, let's go back in history for a moment. In the Jewish life, prior to Jesus, the people called God now, they wouldn't even call his name. It was a, it was a uh, yud hey vav hey y uh, h y w h y They didn't even write out the name. It was called the ineffable name of God, and they would pronounce it just then with no consonant, and it was like, Yahuwah, was kind of how it would pronounce, Yahuwah, and it was a breath, and so they wouldn't even speak the name of God. They didn't dare mention his name. God resided, by the way, if you'll remember, he resided in the temple in the Holy of Holies, which was a room inside of the temple. And no one was able to come into an intimate experience with God except for the high priest who would go into the presence of God with great trepidation and fear many times. In fact, they, these high priests wore bells on the bottom of their gowns, and the reason the bells were on there was in case the bells stopped tinkling, that meant they died in the presence of God and they would pull them out with a rope. It was a terrifying thing in those days before Christ to come into the presence of God. God wasn't Father in their eyes. He was an entity that was terrifying to get close to. Do you get too close to it? Even the high priests who are on appointment to meet with God, if they don't have everything just in order and just right, they'll die. It's Old Testament stuff, I know, and it doesn't sound pretty, but that was the relationship that mankind had with God after Adam fell in the garden. So God wasn't father in their eyes. He was an entity that was separated from them by a massive veil in the temple. It was segregated from having an intimate relationship with him. Even the high priest, I wonder if they had an intimate relationship with God because they had to come into the Father's presence and not even mention his name. And for fear that anything wrong with what's going on in their life, for fear they die, there's not a lot of intimacy there in the relationship. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross, something powerful happened. That veil, that curtain of separation and segregation that kept mankind from being with the Father was torn in two, and it opened up 
the presence of the Father to all of mankind. And it, it gave everyone an opportunity to enter into an intimate relationship of trust and of love. <clears throat> Amen. It changed the perspective of Father God from being a God of smoke and fire and thunder and things to be feared into a God of relationship, a God of intimacy and a God of love, a God that we can call on at any time and he hears us. They couldn't do that in that day. Jesus came to reveal the love of the Father. I said it a few minutes ago, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. Excuse me, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. Now, it's an interesting point if you think about the fact that the Hebrew people knew the name of God, Yud He Vav He in Hebrew, or Yahweh is how it would be pronounced. And yet, Jesus came to reveal God's name. What? Okay, that kind of threw me for a loop. They knew his name. For 1,400 years they knew what his name was. And yet, in John chapter 17, verses 25 through 26, these are the words of Jesus. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. All right, well, pause. If they knew God's name already for 1,400 years, then what name was our Savior, Jesus Christ, revealing to them? I'll tell you what name it was. Father. Father was the name. The very fact, in fact, that Jesus called God Father was blasphemy to the Jewish leadership. They wanted to kill him because he said that he and the Father were one. Jesus said in John 10, 30, I and the Father are one. And then it goes on to say, then the Jews took up stones to stone him. So they knew the name of God, their official holy title, for 1,400 years. And Jesus said, I have declared to them your name. And it changed from an official, holy, auspicious name to an intimate, relational name, Father. I hope your silence is that you're just soaking this in. So they wanted to kill Jesus. Predominantly based on this text, because he called God his father. How dare he bring God down to such a human relationship? How dare he do that? But this is one of the primary reasons that Jesus came to earth, to bring you and I into a relationship with God, whereby God becomes more than just father. He becomes daddy, papa. As I bring this to a close, I pray that you hear me this morning and where I'm coming from in this because knowing the Father is the answer to everything. 
knowing that you have a daddy and that your daddy is God will change your life and potentially solve, believe it or not, all of your problems. Knowing how much our daddy loves us, my daughters know how much their daddy loves them. And they take confidence in that intimate relationship. And much of their life is well because of, not Father Rick, but Daddy. For years as little girls, if anything was broke, they'd go, Daddy, fix it. I'm still hearing that today. I just want you to know. I never heard one of them say, Father, mend the situation. Are y'all hearing me? Knowing that we are God's sons and daughters could and should change everything. I haven't told this story in a while, but I have told it here before. It it fits this very moment, so I want to tell it again. Many years ago when I first came here as youth pastor, Pastor Randy sent me on a, uh, a youth minister's seminar out in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, by, by, by myself. And I went with no one. And uh, I was just, I wasn't even, what, two weeks, a month maybe, in youth ministry. And uh, took me out there, and it was uh, with Blaine Bartell and an old thing called Fire by Night. Some of you may remember Fire by Night. And they were closing fire by night down, and he sent me out there to get all the product I could get. And I kept trying to hook up with people here and there, have lunch with people here, and they were all kind of keep, this is just the way I felt, okay? It probably wasn't true, just the way I felt, that they were all kind of going, eh, stay over there. Maybe it's because all of them were like 19 and I was 40. I don't know, maybe. (laughs) Could have something to do with it. But it was time to leave, and quite frankly, I felt that the whole conference, although I wrote notebook after notebook of notes because I was trying to learn how to become a youth pastor, uh, I felt like the whole thing was a disaster, quite frankly. And the shuttle pulled up to take me to the airport, and the shuttle driver got out to put my bags in the van. I was the only passenger, and I asked him, I said, you mind if I sit in the front? You know what he said? He looked at me, he said, You're a child of God. You can sit anywhere you want. God had me in Tulsa, Oklahoma to hear one thing, to hear that I was a child of God. Amen. It'll change your life and it'll change your perspective when you come to the realization that he's not just Father and he's not just God. He's Papa. He's daddy. Thank you, Lord. When we know who the Father is, then we can know who we are. You see, many people today have an identity crisis in life because they don't know their natural daddies. And they feel like all of their life they can't figure out who they are in life and what their identity is because they don't know their natural daddies. I struggled with that for many years. But one day in Tulsa, Oklahoma... I realized that my identity wasn't based on my natural daddy. 
My identity was based on my heavenly father, my heavenly daddy, my papa God, Abba Father. I wish somebody would give the Lord a praise in the house of God. When we know who our father is, we can begin to know who we are. And the answer to knowing who you are, to knowing your identity, and to knowing your destiny is found in knowing God the Father. Yes, we should know everything we can about Jesus Christ, and I am not belittling Jesus Christ's position in the heavenly uh, Godhead. I'm not diminishing any part of what Jesus has done, but he did not come to say, I am the end all of it all. He did say, I'm the beginning and the end. I understand that. But he said, I'm the way to the Father. No man comes to the Father unless they come through me. And right there he's saying, I'm not the destination. I'm the way to the destination. And it's time for us to begin to see Father God in a different light. Through the lens of intimate, trusting relationship. That we can get, back, uh, get past our own weirdness. Some of you are weirder than the rest. But anyway, to get past our own weirdness to say, Papa God, I come to talk to you today, Daddy. Maybe it will not feel so weird anymore. When we get a revelation of this, and I believe this is just true, when you get a revelation of this in your life, it's going to change your life. And I believe that it's going to bring you freedom Jesus said in John 8, 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And I believe that one of the most fundamental truths that we can know as Christians is to know God as Father. In fact, every truth in the Word of God starts from the foundation of knowing God. That's what it's all about. Jesus is the way, but the destination is the Father. 1 John 3, 1, as our praise team will come on back up. 1 John 3, 1 from the Passion Bible, look with wonder. And I wonder, I wonder even now, Bill, just, just thinking about it, how different this song may feel now. Just having this thing in mind. Right on? Amen. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that He has lavished on us. He has called us and made us His very own beloved children. Beloved, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But He's not the destination. The destination is knowing Father God and not just knowing enough information about Him to see Him as Father but to experience him in the depth of trusting relationship that would make you want to say, as my grandchildren call me, Papa. If you can believe it and you can receive it, would you give the Lord some praise in the house of God? I can think of no better way to end this Father's Day message and this Father's Day service than for us to stand and worship God again with the song, Good, Good Father. 
I could do an altar call today. I understand that. Actually, if you look very closely, you won't find altar calls done at all in the early church. There's no record of it whatsoever. No. What's it really about? You responding to me? Or you responding to Jesus who is saying, Come, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And may I add, and I will show you the Father. So as we sing this song together today, I encourage you, whether you want to stand, whether you want to sit, whether you want to come to the altars of God, whatever you may want to do, let's sing and worship this song, Good, Good Father, but from a different mindset, from a different heart position from a different reflection and revelation of intimacy and relationship and love. It says, he's not just my father. He's my papa. He's my daddy. Father, we thank you for your great love for us that you would call us your sons and your daughters, your beloved children. Because of that, we can call you father We can call you Abba Father. We can call you Papa Father. And may we all grow in a depth of relationship with you that makes that a normal part of our lives, to know you. And Jesus, thank you for making a way to the Father. We give you honor and glory today in Jesus' name. I call you blessed. I thank you for being to this service today. I wish happy Father's Day to every dad in the room. I pray that the Lord go before you, his light shine upon you, his countenance be before you, and that you experience his grace and his peace in every part of your life. I call you blessed. Have an awesome day.